This is the Rich Eisen Show. The second pick, the New York Jets select. So the Jets either drafted the next Broadway Joe, (laughs) or I will say it, they drafted Stifler and his mom. (laughs) The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests, Chargers head coach Brandon Staley, Saints head coach Sean Payton, Eagles general manager Howie Roseman, WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. And welcome to the Rich Eisen Show. May the 5th be with you. Well, revenge of the 5th. Revenge of the 5th. Uh, it, it, uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't have the same oomph. May the 5th be with you. How are you, Chris? Is it Eric Stengel who does that throughout the whole year? He's like, Does he? may the 28th be with you. The, the old, <laughs> one of the old uh, head writers of David Letterman. I think he, he's a funny man. Well, he'll, he might be excited to listen to the show. He's one of the only, uh, today, he's one of the only uh, Charger well fans I know. And we got the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers uh, joining us in the program in 18 minutes' time. And uh, we've got, boy, we got, uh, we got decision makers today, man. We got Brandon Staley. We got Sean Payton. We've got Howie Roseman, the general manager, the 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 chief grocery shopper, the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, we got lots going on here today. Woo. Drew McIntyre, WWE superstar, he's now an author. I've got his book right here, my, A Chosen Destiny. Drew McIntyre, my story. I've got the book right here to prove it. This is always great, man. <laughs> I always like to see who's on the back saying, uh, you yeah. know, good things the about blurb. the book. Yeah, here, here's what. Here's who. Is, here's who a WWE superstar says. Would you mind giving me a little blurb for the back of my Triple H, okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. What? Put it all together, and you got yourself some bona fide. You should buy this book. Type blurbs on the back of this book. He's joining us in hour number three. Yet, what are we talking about after the draft? What are we talking about uh, after the What are we talking about with, you know, the NBA playoffs right around the corner? We're going to have playing games that LeBron's pissed about. We got James Harden apparently cropping the Knicks out of some sort of meme, and people are saying that means something. And, you know, Knicks are suddenly an an unidentified object in the Nets' rearview mirror getting bigger, right? Yankees Astros last night was felt like it was October. The first inning of that game was like October. We'll talk about that on the show. You got all that going on, right? We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'll say, but <laughs> look, um, with Aaron Rodgers and and I, my first, I should I should just stick with my first notion. These days, I should like I didn't learn from choosing Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl prior to the season and then jumping off them twice when I had mulligans to change my Super Bowl picks on NFL game day morning. I should just stuck with the original program. By that, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers supposedly unhappy. Adam Schefter reports that on Thursday. My my guy Ian Rappaport says it's they were talking contract that fell apart. Right. My initial reaction is like, he was. why would he want to go to Denver? If this is all about, you know, figuring out how his end game of his career is going to play out, why would he go to Denver? Why would he go to to Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' uh, home? Why would he want to just put himself in there? Like right now he's in that warm embrace of having Trubisky around and having 
The Lions beat the Lions, and here's Kirk Cousins making money like he's Garrett Cole, guaranteed. You know, why would he? Why would he leave that warm embrace for for Denver? Then I heard over the draft weekend after I said something like that right here on this show, I'm like, well, when you're in a go- when you're a goat, you don't care where you go. You're you're the goat showing up. You think you can win there? You're going. He would be happy to compete with uh, Patrick Mahomes, as I said the other day. You know, put him in a wild card every single year. All of a sudden, something that Brandon Staley, my first guest in now 60 minutes time with the Chargers, wants to do. Then yesterday, I'm like, you know, that report about him saying he wants Brian Gutekunst fired. Like, really? You give if he gets the money that he wants, he gets the contract that he wants. That 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 removes the Jordan Love situation from the Packers' control into, I guess, his control of contractual control that he's going to get paid, and clearly they can't turn to Jordan Love and take his job away from him before he's ready to give it up in Green Bay after 16 years on the job. It just doesn't strike me something he would do. Bob McGinn, who's been around the block a few times covering the Packers, he now writes for The Athletic. What a blog he put out today. What a piece he put out today. Confirming Schefter's uh, report about Rodgers being disgruntled and wants out. Confirming Yahoo, uh, Yahoo's Charles Robinson. Um, who on Saturday cited a source from Rodgers' camp saying that the quarterback won't return as long as Brian Gutekunst remains general manager of the team. <laughs> oh, man. And he goes on to say what, how pissed he is at Gutekunst based on his reporting. Again, the thing I still still can't wrap my head around, and, and, and I don't care what Terry Bradshaw says, it makes him look weak or whatever. Or, or you're, you're on the job 15 meritorious years, and then the guy who's been there every single one of those years at lower levels in the, in the front office to finally ascend to general manager, and you know he becomes the GM in 2018, and the first thing he does um, in 2019 is draft your replacement and doesn't call you? I'm seeing Kirk Cousins got a head, heads up that somebody like Kellen Mond could be coming. And he's been with the Vikings for like a hot minute compared yeah. to what Aaron Rodgers has been in that division. Jimmy G got a heads up. Jimmy G gets a heads up. Everyone gets a heads up. Everyone's getting heads up. Apparently. Brady the, got a heads up that Kyle Trask might be coming. Apparently Andy Dalton was given a heads up by the Bears. Andy Dalton was given a heads up. Andy Dalton, QB1. Now that might all be born out of the fact that we're seeing how the non-heads up went down in uh, Green Bay. Like the old you-know-what, wet you-know-what in the church. But Dalton's you know, played exactly zero snaps, and they no, gave him the courtesy. Please. I mean, we we understand, right? So, what do I mean by I should have just stuck with my first sense? Especially, by the way, before we move on to that, every great deep dive, even though this is not like a lengthy deep dive, but any sort of piece that takes a deeper dive behind the scenes of of reporting and 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 talking about. A relationship that's turned sour, and then you get one nugget to hang your hat on, to one <laughs> one sort of story that you just you just can't get past. Here's that for this Bob McGinn report in the Athletic. <sighs> According to sources, Rogers has mocked Gutekunst <laughs> in group chats with his teammates in Green Bay by referring to the GM is Jerry Krause. Mm. Oh, my gosh. He's the Jerry Krause. He's going to chase off the goat. Very mm-hmm. rare can somebody say, I'm the Michael Jordan of this equation. 
uh, and and actually be it, it, it's it's okay for for someone to to say that Jordan referring himself as I mean Rogers referring himself as the Jordan here Jerry Krause gonna chase off break up the Packers last year was the last dance because according to this report he put. Remember, I said Rob Domofsky went on Dan Patrick's show yesterday and yep. said that he put it at a 5% chance of Rodgers returning? 5%. Well, we're now at milk. We're now at milk. According to Bob McGinn, this is kind of his walk-off line here of the piece. Um, speaking purely from conjecture, a friend, a longtime friend of Rodgers, quoted saying Monday, once he gets something in his head, he usually doesn't back down. Speaking purely from conjecture, the friend said he thought there would be just a 2% chance that Rodgers would ever play for the Packers again. What do I mean by what I should have stuck with? My first instinct. Chris, what did I say when the Super Bowl was over? That this was the you this was this the spring of what? The spring of what in the NFL? Of everyone looking at what Tom Brady did. Bingo. Thank you for listening to me when I talk you on the program. It, Unless TJ Jefferson's on at the price is right at the same time or somebody's walking behind me. Or it's the Masters. Or it's the masters. Or, I understand. But thank you in general for you got it. I'm, your, I'm your man. I told y'all Brady going to a new spot and having the new spot basically make front office maneuvers to fit Brady's sensibilities and desires within Brady's closing window of opportunity that seems to never close in the end game of his career, seeing that all play out to the ultimate success, seeing that happen in his house, first time ever having an NFC championship game in his house, saw it in person, Brady beating him. Let's remove Matt LaFleur taking him off the field on fourth and goal. I told you, I told you, I told you. Russell Wilson having the same sense of why do I have to keep doing it with the same coach every single year just the way he wants it? Look at Tom. He went somewhere else finally after 20 years of doing it successfully. He gave it a whirl. Look at it work out for him according to Bob McGinn in this piece. Before that Jerry Krause nugget got dropped. This is the paragraph before that delicious Jerry Krause nugget. He says that according to his sources, it's a given that Rodgers has been monitoring Tom Brady's extraordinary first season in Tampa Bay and how Buccaneers management has involved him, if not catered to him, regarding personnel and other decisions. And it can't have helped the situation that after bouncing Rodgers in the NFC Championship game in Lambeau Field, that that's all the Buccaneers have done is the same thing, and they're running it back. They got everybody back. You could sit here and say, well, you know, Tom's Tom. But the Buccaneers are just like every franchise. They want to look over the steering wheel. They want to look in the future. Could they have gotten a different running back than Leonard Fournette? Could they have gotten a different fourth wide receiver, third wide receiver than Antonio Brown again? Could they have left maybe one or two of the defensive pieces off so they could plan for the future? Tom signs an extension. Sure they could have, but they're all in on 12. And why not? 
Last year was a risk. Right now, it's just the smartest bet you can ever make on planet Earth and use a second-round pick on Kyle Trask in Florida, giving Tom a heads-up that that's coming, and he's probably sitting there saying, he's probably Mr. Chips. What do you want to know, Kyle? As long as you're sitting there while listening to me, you know what, Kyle? You can be in this video of me standing next to trophy number eight next year while we're on the boat. Maybe you can hand me the trophy when I flip it to the next boat. (laughs) You play with Tom Brady, you get a Super Bowl ring. Right, Kyle. Kyle, here's how it works. Here's how it works. You sit here, you watch how I do it, and then when we win again and I get so hammered, you grab my right elbow uh, and then... uh, Walk me to safety. And then walk me, yeah, walk me out. (laughs) That's your job. That's your job. Tom Brady's got to be the most confident man on earth when it comes to job security, right? Yeah. Well, again, Aaron is seeing this, and it only makes it more difficult for him to wrap his arms around, why can't I have that? The question is, is who will want it? Who will want it in June? Who will take it in June? You can sit there and say anybody. Oh, really? <laughs> because June 1 is when this thing's going to hit, when his cap charge is less and the trade will be more acceptable. Another reason why it didn't happen on draft, not other than the fact that it's going to take a million pieces to move to make it happen. Denver, sitting out there, they'll probably take it because you got to look outside the conference. I won't even go in that direction with Howie Roseman. You think you can send him to Philadelphia? They do have three firsts next year, or two firsts and one that's about to be a third. How he's on and out. Same teams that we thought would be in the mix for Deshaun Watson, right? Who would it be, though? Denver and who else? Who else would he go to to say that he can win right now? Cleveland. Dude, they're not. No, no, no. no. Are you kidding me? If you're Cleveland, why wouldn't you do it? You ship Baker Mayfield out. Yeah, see you later, bro. Yeah, but they don't need the quarterback back. They got their quarterback. They don't need Baker Mayfield back. You got It's got to be a trade. Packers fans would probably rather have Baker Mayfield than Jordan Love. Uh, dude. This whole thing is to get Jordan Love on the field. That's not a match. Cleveland's not a match. It's not oh, a match for whom? It's not a match. It's not a match for the Packers. It's not a match. The Packers have no say. So what, what, this is up to Aaron Rodgers right now. I understand that, but go to Cleveland and then then what? Baker, where? That, that's just, no, they just picked up his 50-year option for $18 bucks. That guy's got to go be shipped to Green Bay. What, they're going to have that on their contract while Jordan Love gets out? That, that, that's not a match. You've got to have a spot that's just going to offer up defensive players and draft choices, and the quarterback could just walk in right now, week one, let's go, let's go win a championship, maybe in the next two years. That's why Denver screams out there. Do the Raiders scream that out? I don't know if Aaron would want to go there because the are they ready to win now? Who would be the team? Boy, we got we you know what we have now until June to be talking about this. Because it sure looks like he's gone. Because the Green Bay Packers are like the if if this is the scenario that's being laid out here by Bob McGinn, and if Rodgers thinks that Jerry Krause has been reborn in the form of Brian Gutekunst. <laughs> Well, then the other thing to extrapolate out is the Packers are the Bulls organization that believes in Kraus. They're not bouncing Brian Gutekunst after he's been groomed for the gig since 1998. They're not doing that. They'll just trade Rodgers away and 
or let him stew or what have you and then figure it out in the long term. You know, Favre's showing up like he's still BFFs with a cheese head on his head, and that didn't look like that was going to happen when he's playing for the Vikings. You can figure this stuff down the road. Sure looks like he's gone. I still can't believe it. Crazy. But these things change every 24 hours, it seems like. Brandon Staley, the HC of the LAC, is coming up next. Then Sean Payton, top of hour number two from the Saints organization. Howie Roseman, the executive EP and general manager of the Eagles. And Drew McIntyre, WWE superstar. And you at 844-204-RICH here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk Callaway, people. Let's talk Callaway. What are we talking about? The Chrome Soft. Oh, yes. I love this golf ball. I can tell the difference. And I'm not good. You know what? I haven't seen you play in a while. You know I what? I, my my, my, my swing's getting better. I've gotten a, a nice a nice lesson on on tee to green. Okay, they probably might better, be on Rich. the green, but I do hit the ball really well, and it does go far. And I feel the difference. I feel the difference. Now I'm I'm using the number one selling tour ball, which is Callaway's number one selling tour ball, Chrome Soft. That's the original with incredible distance, soft feel, and short game control. There is the number one bo- ball on tour. From Callaway, Chrome Soft X. That ball is designed to give elite players precise shot workability and amazing greenside action. But if you want to hit the bombs that Phil and Xander Shoffley, John Rom do, the new Chrome Soft X LS, the longest tour ball, that's for you. Chrome Soft isn't just better, it's better for everyone. Find your Chrome Soft today at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. That's CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. Brandon Staley, the charges when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Mr. Del Tufo, this is not your first time in front of this committee, so please be aware that you're still under oath. Is it correct that besides your audio mixing duties on the Rich Eisen Show that you're also a DJ and you go by the name of DJ Michael D? Yes, sir, uh, that is correct. So what does the D stand for? D's nuts. Excuse me. Actually, Snoop Dogg could tell you. Hit it, guys. What it do is your boy, Big Snoop D-O-double-G, and my DJ, DJ Mikey D. D is in these nuts. Mr. Del Tufo, do you consider yourself an authority on music? Totally. Music is my life. I even have the word music tattooed on my arm. Mr. Del Tufo, our staff did some research on your tattoo. It actually translates to my bad. So right now, we're going to play a clip from your show from earlier this month. If we can, uh, if we can roll that, please. I've seen Springsteen like 50 plus times. He's a one-trick pony. And I've seen him a million times. Wow. <laughs> Mr. Del Tufo, to your knowledge, has Mr. Springsteen ever won a Grammy? Yes, sir, he has. Do you know how many? Three or four. Mr. Springsteen has won 20 Grammy Awards. Ooh, that's a lot. Has Mr. Springsteen ever won an Oscar? Yes, sir, for the song Philadelphia. Has he ever won a Tony Award? Uh, I don't believe he's ever won a Tony. Mr. Springsteen received a 2018 Special Tony Award. For his solo show on Broadway. My bad again. So much for the one trick pony, isn't it, Mr. Del Tufo? Let's move on. Can you tell us what the word swag means in the broadcast industry? Free clothing or items that are given to people that work for companies. And how many pieces of swag do you think you've received over the years? Thousands. So out of these thousands of pieces of swag, do you think at this point you know what sizes you wear? Yes, sir. Let's roll tape, please. It's just my ass, it won't fit. It's a little fun. <laughs> that video is the uh, XL shirt, which uh, was very snug, to say the least. That's a kid's XL, I believe. Lastly, Mr. Del Tufo, the FCC has received numerous complaints about you. The Dan Libertard show brought this to our attention, and I think we should show it right now. Who was talking to Rich Eisen that was so titillated by these magic and bad ideas? Ooh. <laughs> I heard that guy, too. Yeah. Mr. Del Tufo, do you realize that the sounds you make on your show could be interpreted as obscene or sexual in nature? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Ooh, wait, yeah. wait a second. Wait oh, a second. Oh, baby. Ah. Yeah. En enough. Stop, Ooh. please. Ah. Well, let yeah. the record show that Ooh. he's doing it right yeah. now. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I broke Ken. I broke Ken. I broke Ken at the end. He started laughing. And Tulu, our producer, put those together amazing. back in the day when Ooh. we were on audience. We're still here on the campus of AT&T. Love this studio. Love our relationships. Uh, to keep it going, 844-204-RICH here on Peacock. NBC Sports on Peacock every day from 12 to 3 Eastern time. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show on this radio affiliate. 19 of them coast to coast and growing. And also uh, Sirius XM Channel 211 Odyssey as well. We're pleased to be able to be in so many ear gates, to use the Michael Irvin phrase that he, I've heard him say. Uh, we had him on after he was named the new coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, and he's back after his first draft as head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. He is Brandon Staley. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing great, Rich. Thanks for having me. How was that draft room as the HC for the first time? What was that like? Uh, a lot like game day um, this year, no fans. Um, nice. So uh, just, a, you know, a really good environment, three days, a lot going on, but uh, felt like, you know, we had a really good setup. You know, Tom Telesco um, and his group are, you know, just a really um, sharp outfit, and we've really gotten to know one another over these, you know, past, you know, three or four months, and just felt like we were prepared uh, for the weekend and felt like we kind of executed our plan at a high level. And what's it like to look at the offense, the uh, the uh, defensive staff, and say we took this offensive player? 
sort of a shoe on the other foot? <laughs> well, what was that the, like? good, the good thing is uh, there's a lot of transparency in the process. Okay. And, uh, our guys know that uh, we're going to do what's best for the Chargers, and uh, we're awfully happy um, with how it went in that first round. Of course, and before we do get to Rashawn Slater, I mean, but you have, I guess, been in that position before, right, as a defensive coach, and you're like, you know, boy, I wish I could get that guy. Instead, it's somebody else from the other side of the ball. I know you're all one big happy team usually, but I'm just wondering well, if you've ever been through that experience before yourself. Yeah, I think what you're hoping for is that you put a team out there that's capable of winning every week. So uh, that requires both sides of the ball and a kicking game offering at a high level. So nice. um, I think uh, you know that may be a little bit of a political line, but I think it is <laughs> yeah. true. Okay, uh, You're we, playing we wanna... both sides of the aisle is what you're saying. Yeah, right now. I mean, we got to be right down the middle now. So. Uh, <laughs> But the guys know that uh, we're a lot better football team uh, with Rashawn Slater. Of course, because it protects the jewel, the crown jewel that's uh, back there at uh, quarterback that so many teams are hoping their draft choice at the position this year turns into this fall like what happened with the Chargers last year. What did you like about Rashawn Slater? Yeah, I think he just fits the critical factors uh, for the position. He's really athletic, strong, really good balance and body control. Um, he's instinctive. He really knows how to play the game. Uh, as you are aware, he's got really good bloodlines. His dad played 11 years in the NBA, and, and you can see that he's that type of athlete. But I think coming from Pat Fitzgerald's program, uh, we have a lot of respect for Pat, just the type of competitor he is. And then, you know, being able to join up at a premium position. I mean, when you're talking about tackles in the NFL, those are premium positions. Uh, and to be able to get that kind of value um, and that type of you know, with that type of person, uh, we just felt like it was a great fit for how we're trying to build this offensive football team. And then we're, because we're, obviously he works, he's a smart kid, uh, he's a Northwestern kid, um, and, you know, he's, we're showing a photograph of him uh, right now on our screen of him blocking Chase Young, who uh, damn near was the defensive player of the year in the NFL last year, so you know he can handle that competition. Were there any fraught moments with all the trading going on in front of you with uh, 10 and 12 swapping spots and 20 coming up to 11 and you're sitting there at 13 and this is the kid you might have been targeting all along and what was that like yeah i think our intel uh going into it i I mean we you know we anticipated Rashawn going in the top 10 i mean we we felt like he was that caliber of player and then just we also knew that with the quarterbacks and the you know kind of the skill players on offense that uh you know possibly some of these corners that it could it could it could fit right and i think that once uh, he got past Carolina, we felt like, you know, hey, there's a chance. And then, um, you know, felt like there was still an outside chance Dallas could take him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when, you know, they went um, another direction, when they went with Micah, we, we knew that we had him. Yeah. And that so that that is so cool. But so you get that call from Selection um, Square from uh, from from the headquarters at 345 Park with the with the Cowboys selected and you must you must, you guys must have erupted in the room something like that with this there, you're yeah, protecting your quarterback of, you know, here. there were there were a lot of happy a lot of happy people and it's one of those uh things where you know what we did in free agency with our our line and we just felt like this guy is going to fit in with that group so well he plays left tackle it wasn't like hey you got to move him to left tackle he plays left tackle um and then just you know how we're trying to play uh, and who we're trying to play with uh Rashawn's just an outstanding fit now how did how was your first uh phone call as a head coach uh, welcome to the team type phone call to a draftee that was your first what was that like for you uh, very exciting, and you know that uh, someone's dreams coming true. Yeah. Uh, so I, I take that you know call really seriously. 
um, because that moment's going to change his life. And uh, at the same time, we're, we get to team up. So I uh, just wanted to make sure that he w- would enjoy it. I, I don't know how much he heard because it's pretty loud <laughs> yeah. in, those, in those back rooms. Right. But uh, just try to be sincere and, um, you know, also tell him how excited we are to get him here. Yeah. So uh, it was it was special. And, of course, you know, we talk all the time about quarterbacks and how they want certain things. And I know you got a young one, so – he hasn't reached that veteran status yet of, 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 you know, draft for me. But this has to be a good call you make to Justin Herbert, right? Hey, we got you the left tackle. Let's go to work, you and I, you know? For sure. I, I think that, um, you know, I think what Justin knows is that we're going to try and do everything we can to, to give him the, the best chance to be successful. And, and certainly I think what we did in this offseason with, with our offensive line, um, I just think that, you know, definitely, you know, proves that and um, we know what an outstanding player he is and he's only going to get better and the way he can get better is if the people in front of him are playing at a high level. Brandon Staley, uh, head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, So then you take uh, another bloodline except this one is straight from the National Football League and Asante Samuel Jr. What did you like about him and uh, walk me through some of the other guys in your draft that you you were very pleased to get yeah, I think Asante is the type of defensive back that we really believe in playing with. Um, he can play man-to-man from bump, from off. Um, he's got position flex to go inside. Um, he's got ball judge in the deep part of the field. Um, he's got really good movement and level, too. Um, when you have to play off and, and you have to be able to see the quarterback and the receiver, um, he can really key and diagnose that way. And then, you know, this guy can get you the ball, Rich. I think that that's something that we really value in the defensive backfield, people who can get you the ball. Um, and he's an outstanding open field tackler. So uh, you put in the bloodlines and, man, you, you feel really excited about this pick. And uh, we feel like he's going to make our secondary um, you know, a, a lot more complete. And I know his teammate, Derwin James, fellow Noel, I know he was awfully excited. He kind of he called his shot in the morning meeting uh, before the draft. So I got to give Derwin some props on that one. Uh, hopefully the football gods were looking out for us. What but, do you um, mean? What do you mean he called his shot? Oh, he just said, don't forget about the Knowles, you know, and, you know, oh. you know I knew what he meant. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so. You, you mean you didn't look at your, 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 your notes and say, what, is there a safety name Knowles that I'm missing right now? Did you, you got it from right before he was saying. Yeah. Uh, but, um, no, that was just one of those, you know, side stories. It's uh, always a, a highlight, you know, it makes the draft more interesting. But, uh, you know, you know, Rich, I really like what we did um, on offense. You know, I felt like Josh Palmer's a wide out just evaluating all these secondary players. Rich, he just this guy kept showing up and showing up the way he played against Georgia. You know how all those DBs that got drafted from Georgia, Bama, Patrick Sertain, and then you know just the way he played and competed at the Senior Bowl. Uh, just feel like he adds to a group. You know, Mike, you know Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are two of the premier wideouts in the NFL, and be able to add Josh to that group. We've got some young receivers: Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, uh, Joe Reed. We just feel like. You know, this guy's a weapon. This guy can play outside, uh, and the NFL can move inside. So feel really strongly about him. And then we got Trey McKitty from Georgia, a tight end that can really play on the line, Rich, which is kind of becoming a more rare thing, um, you know, and feel like played at a really high level, the best conference in the country. Uh, so feel like he can kind of give us that, you know, on the line element. You know, we added Jared Cook in free agency. We like Donald Parham, but 
feel like Trey McKitty can really add to that group. And then, you know, we took a developmental offensive lineman from Nebraska. This guy, you know, set a career record for starts at Nebraska, Brendan Hymas. He kind of gives us guard tackle flex, Rich. You know, feel like this guy's going to add to that room, give us, you know, that young depth, learn from, hey, Corey Lindsley and Brian Balaga and Ode Abushi, Matt Filer. You can kind of learn and grow and improve. So felt really good about that. And then we took this back from Missouri that I'm a really big fan of. I, I, we had this guy stacked a lot higher, Larry Roundtree. He was second-team All-SEC. He's showing up all over the movie against Georgia, Bama, all these great fronts. Um, this guy can see. He's got balance, body control. Uh, he can pass, protect. So I'm kind of, you know, we're really fired up about him. And then on defense, we took Chris Chris Rump from Duke, who kind of fits that edge style player that, you know, we played with in the past, you know, whether it was the Rams, Bears, uh, or Broncos, and just a complete player, guy that has upside. He can play special teams, which is kind of rare for an edge player. Um, his dad is an NFL coach, so he's got really good makeup, really good bloodlines, and um, just feel like he's going to add to that group with Joey and Chenna and Kyler Fackrell. So, uh, and then we took a safety uh, from Georgia in the seventh round, Mark Webb. Uh, he's really versatile. He played kind of all over the secondary at Georgia um, and, you know, feel like, you know, he's got a pro body, outstanding special teams player, um, was a former receiver, uh, then moved to defensive back. And then we took Nick Neiman from Iowa, um, really athletic, long linebacker. Um, you know, kind of side note, he went to my wife's high school, uh, Sycamore <laughs> High School in Illinois. So I called him and told him he is the second most famous Sycamore <laughs> Uh, alum, because my wife is in the Athletic Hall of Fame there. Damn so straight. Said, okay. So I, so I said, you know, Nick, you know, I love you, but you're second best Sycamore alum, you know, and so he, you know, this guy was in shock. He'd just gotten drafted, so I don't think he had any idea what I was talking about, but um, <laughs> it is the truth. So so this uh, guy gets drafted, and you start talking about your wife's in that ho- in the in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame in the same school? That he's yeah, from. I mean, it was just a preview of things to come when he gets here. I just wanted to be, I just wanted him to know the real head coach that he was playing for so, uh, but we're really excited about him he's a coach's son as well but just a really you know two-year starter at Iowa you know his brother uh, plays for the Chiefs and um, he's just a really long athletic tough instinctive player and um, very productive Kirk Ferentz we, we have a lot of respect for him so um, you know a pretty you know deep class good balance between offense and defense and like I mentioned before I think that really is the key you're trying to build a balanced team and I feel like our draft kind of reflected that. Well, Brandon Saley, Chargers head coach here on the Rich Eisen Show. Do you feel, I know this is kind of a loaded question to ask a coach, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Certainly here in Los Angeles, you know, uh, Rams, um, uh, Stan Kroenke, we all know, is the man who put a lot of Kroenke dollars to actually uh, buy the stadium and build the stadium in a manner that the Chargers are also in. And, you know, the, uh, the, the Rams made a big splash in getting Matthew Stafford. Do you feel you're overlooked, not only in, in this town, but also maybe the division, the, the NFL writ large? What do, what do you think of that? You know, I don't have a strong sense of that. Uh, Rich, to be very honest, um, I've kind of said this before, been asked, you know, a similar question. I feel like, uh, Rich, coming here, I just, I I'm really want our team uh, to focus on being as good as it can be. I feel like that's how you get to ultimately where you're capable of going. Um, the NFL is, you know, to me, one of the most competitive places in the world. And you start looking around and um, you're going to lose sight of what's in front of you. And so what we're trying to do here is create something different, something new, um, really be as good as we can be, uh, trying to push 
it as far as we can every single day. That's what we've been doing since we joined up with these players a few weeks ago. And I think I know that if we do that, we've got good enough players to compete with anybody. And so that's been my message to the team. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, we'll be able to play that way uh, come the fall. Plus, you got a humble kid that's right at the center uh, behind, you know, under center in shotgun. He sure helps. You know, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I mean, look, that's that's what you keep hearing, though, um, is that this is the kid that everybody hopes that um, that everyone that just got drafted can be like you've got a unicorn in the in the sense of what everybody from the outside is viewing Justin Herbert to be. And um, this this that's now been placed in your care. I mean, that's a significant um, player that you've got right there. And uh, what's your relationship with him like can you walk us through anything open a door on something for me on this yeah definitely it's he's a it's a big responsibility and um you know the biggest component of the job and uh i've just i've really enjoyed getting to work with this guy every day um just being able to you know get to know him you know we had an event at the stadium you know a week ago or whenever that was for season ticket holders and you know my boys were able to meet him for the first time you know and just the type of person he is um, just so genuine, so authentic. Um, you know, just I think what people love about him is he's not manufactured. He's just himself, and he's just one of the guys. Uh, I can see his leadership style express itself on a daily basis because, um, you know, our guys just love being around him. So all that draft stuff from last year, I, it's hard for me to even believe that that was something that people were saying about him because uh, everyone loves this guy, mm-hmm. and he's such a hard worker. And, you know, as you know, he's so sharp, you know, his mind is, is going to be one of his biggest assets. Um, so, you know, I just uh, really enjoyed uh, getting to do football with him, kind of provide a different lens, you know, from the defensive side, really kind of give him that double education. Um, and this offense is an offense that I know well, because um, it's kind of the offense that I grew up with. You know, Joe Lombardi is a guy that I've known for a really long time. Yes. Um, so that relationship, I feel like I can, you know, serve as a coach both ways, you know, offer him that defense perspective but then you know I know this offense this is the offense that I know the best so um, it's been a lot of fun working together and um, you know he just uh, continues to improve and I think that's the other thing Rich is that he's just at the beginning I mean he this guy's going to get a lot better and that's what we're focused on is really working at his game um, and making sure that uh, you know every single day we're together um, that he's getting one step closer to being you know the player he's capable of being yeah have you are you going to keep uh, him away from getting his hair cut by the strength and condition coach. I said that's also a great asset of yours is mm-hmm. your hair. So yes. um, let's let's keep that going. Um, I, I know, you know, it's good to go either way though. So uh, he's got he's got flexibility that way. But yeah, um, he took his elite quarterback hair and he turned him into a cast member of Stand by Me. I don't know. I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like normally you neck up, I would have a, no problem with. Justin Herbert, but that was a that was a, a big question mark for me. You know? Yeah, he's got he's got a good uh, sense of humor about it too. So okay. he uh, doesn't take himself too seriously. All right, I well, think it's also a good trait. Of course, it is. Um, thanks for the call again. I think you remember the last time we we spoke when you had just uh, become a member of uh, the Los Angeles Chargers after being the DC with the Rams and then the HC now of the LAC. Uh, I, I, you remember what I brought up with you since I'm coming to Hollywood Park as well coach right remember about this yeah, yeah it, a lot's happened since that last call but i do remember okay. so yes nfl network is moving its offices <laughs> and studios to sofi stadium in hollywood park 
Um, have you sussed out the parking situation for me in the interim between our conversation? If you I did, and so we had that event there at the the stadium a mm-hmm. week ago, yep. and with with you in mind, and with the with the Run Rich Run you. event, you know, you were very much back in the public eye, okay. which is amazing. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Um, that. Thank you. But uh, the parking situation to me, there's a stealth way like kind of a Batman way of kind of going underneath that I think that you should investigate. Oh, if you go, okay. Like, and I'm thinking that if with, you know, certainly your status that you yes. can sort of achieve that. Um, oh. It involves kind of hanging a left on victory and then kind of you keep rolling and then there's, there's kind of a stealth way that you can get underneath the tunnel, which I would highly recommend. Okay. Very Crucial information. Who needs surface street parking? Is what you're saying. That's that's what I'm saying. I feel like you've earned it. Thank you. Okay. Good to know. Outstanding intel. I will check the film. It was a smooth little deal. I would would highly, (laughs) you know, I can imagine that that's a lot better than parking up top. I'm not going to surface street park. Come on. Nope. Okay. I've got 18 years in the NFL. So I've got, thank you, coach. I appreciate that. <laughs> and then we'll, and then when the schedule comes out uh, on May 12th, I'll find out when you're on the road and uh, and use your spot. If you don't Slide mind. right in there. It'll just say, you know, whatever Rich Eisen, you know, we'll, end- we'll endow the parking, parking spot. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Because as you know, uh, in your time in Los Angeles, nothing more important than knowing how to park and when to park. And of course, validation. And I don't mean you're doing a good job. I mean validation. <laughs> That's the sort of validation I'm talking about. So Absolutely. thank you, coach. Greatly thank appreciate you, the chat. Let's talk during the summer again. Congrats Sounds on your great. first draft. Take care. You bet. That's Brandon Staley, HC of the LAC. Under the, under the stadium parking. I mean, Rich, come on. Hang a left on victory. You got to. Yeah, I know. Uh, by the way, a lot of people can hang lefts on victory. And not a lot of people are going to be able to complete that left on victory. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You should get two spots. One at the stadium. I don't, one well, at the I, as you know, I've got half the season handled. Sean McVay comes on next time. You gotta, I ask the same thing of him. The other half. All 17 regular season games handled. And if we are so lucky, me and... Both coaches. I'll have to talk about it in January, deep into February, too, because the Super Bowl's in that stadium. That's true. I got this whole thing handled. I mean, you should have a spot. Oh, half-handled. 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 Because you know, Chris, from all your years with the NFL Network. Oh, parking. You know. Rich, Mike Del Tufo. I just have to tip the guy up top. To and get a you spot. know. Tip the guy up and top. you know the parking situation, despite moving to a new place, it's, will yeah. still be food. It's oh, not yeah. going to change. Of course, it's please. Not- I got to handle this. I got to go off the reservation. I got to well, do, do my own late, thing. There late- is an eye in Rich and Eisen is all I'm saying. The late news shift, Brockman and I can tell you, that was tough to find a spot. All right, when we come back, <laughs> October baseball in May. Oh, baby, did it feel like 2019 Ooh. all over again last Ooh. night. If, when we come back, that and your calls at 844-204-RICH. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Mr. Brockman, since our last hearing, we've discovered that your living situation has changed and you are now cohabitating with your girlfriend. Is this true? Yes. Does your girlfriend own any pets? It's a mixed dog named Maverick. It's come to our attention that you've been shirking your responsibilities with this pet. I don't know what that word means you just said. Shirking? Dodging your responsibilities. I haven't signed anything. How about we just go to the video? Can you describe what's going on, please? I was going to be nice and uh, take the dog to the bar, which I think is a totally normal thing to do. It saw a squirrel across the street, thought he could catch it. Then he saw another squirrel and chased after it. How do you think your girlfriend would feel if Maverick actually got run over by a car that day? I mean, I think as long as we stayed under the deductible on the car insurance, we would have been fine. Okay, Mr. Brockman, let's move on. In old school gambling parlance, are you familiar with the term cooler? Yes. If you're at a hot table and you sit down and all of a sudden the cards don't go your way, you're the cooler. And do you believe that the concept of the cooler also can exist in sports? Sure. I think that's possible. Mr. Brockman, is it true that you attended Super Bowl 52 as a Patriots fan and Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals as a Celtics fan? Where are we going with this? Yes or no, did you attend those games? Yes. Can you please tell the committee the results of those games? The Eagles won the Super Bowl. And the Cavs won Game 7. And Mr. Brockman, is it true that the Rich Eisen Show for the past four years has conducted a March Madness bracket challenge in which the loser has to wear clown makeup? That's true. We've done that. Who lost this season? I lost. And the season before that? I lost. The season before that one? I lost. And the season before that one? I lost. Mr. Brockman, do you think your history of bad luck will have a detrimental effect on the Rich Eisen show as it heads to Washington, D.C.? Well, actually, I think that it's just... I plead the fifth. Right. Mr. Brockman, what I mean by bad luck is any unforeseen mistakes or accidents like last time when the show was in Washington, D.C. Hit it. This is definitely not going to end well. Is this necessary? I'm out of here. Yikes. Medic. Medic. (laughs) I don't know why we need to keep showing that. I mean, by the way, Del Tufo could say that one out of every three videos we show. (laughs) Good point. I mean, that's true. Okay, I so now you feel Mike. We all I mean, get we all get thrown under the bus but, at some point. But none of Mike's videos he he didn't suffer any bodily harm, verbal abuse. I mean, there's I, a lot. I mean, I don't know. I I I think after Mr. Wonderful got through yeah, them, was, a crime yeah. was reported. <laughs> it's murder. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Sean Payton of the Saints coming up in hour number two of the program he's on the competition committee so once we get through talking saints draft and decisions that they were maybe going to make look guys do you think he'll say yeah we try to trade up for uh, justin fields yeah we try to trade up for mac jones story i saw today out of new england is that uh they had a they had it all teed up um 
a pick with the Arizona Cardinals, 16th overall. If you didn't snag him, the Saints were about to do it. They wound up with Ian Book, who is, according to all of the um, the analysts that were on the NFL ne- uh, Network draft set, DJ Charles and Peter Schrager, a height, weight, absolute clone of Drew Brees. Oh, interesting. So that's what uh, that's what uh, the Saints wound up drafting fourth round. Ian Book at a Notre the Notre Dame football program. So he'll be joining us, and then of course there's a lot of competition committee items to hit with Sean Payton. But Ian Book could be coming to a Saints huddle near you. What, in 2022? Nah, it's going to be Jameis for a while. I don't know about for a while. We'll what, if, what if he's amazing this year? That would be great. I, I think that would be a great story. Yeah, I think so too. Certainly in that division. Yeah. Taking on the Bucks twice a year. I think it'd be great. Here we go. I'd like that. Howie Roseman, hour number three. So last night I texted you. You and Del Tufo, sorry, TJ, I left you off the, the Gee, list. Thanks. I'm sorry. I thought that you were still licking your prices right wounds. I know you're a Met fan, but I don't view you as a New York, New England, Northeast sports fan. You know, you're kind of you're kind of like on the border of Midwest. Don't ever, first of all, don't ever call him Pennsylvania's Midwest, bro. Uh, dude, we'll fight right here in the studio. I, I know that, but Pittsburgh is, is not the yeah. East Coast. Is East, don't tell no. me this. Philly's no, East Coast. Pittsburgh is not. But Altoona's right in the middle. So I know that. That's why I said you're on the border of the Midwest. Trust me, we're East Coast. No chance. No chance. See what I'm saying? Only like, people from Altoona would say that. You know what yeah. I mean? That's not true. Again, no one else thinks Altoona is East Coast. It's, it's a Pittsburgh rivalry with, you know, um, Cleveland. That's that's as Midwest. Ohio's as Midwest as you can get. I we don't you know? consider ourselves Midwest. At least I. First of all, I live on the West Coast first and foremost. But Dude, no. I know that's the whole thing too. It's like I thought of that. Did you see Devonte Smith said that he's now that he's in Philly, he's still rooting for the Celtics. Did you see that? He's a diehard Celtics fan. He's not changing. Love it. And I thought to myself, that's okay. T.J. Jefferson is a, a Philly sports fan yeah. and basketball, but not football. Definitely not. He's football. a cowboy. Definitely not football. No. But Philly sports fan and basketball. Although he's also an L.A. fan in basketball, mm-hmm. but not Lakers, but Clippers. I mean, like I can't even keep up with him. Jason it's Tatum, a, same way. St. Louis, diehard Cardinals, plays in Boston. I got it. Man, it but I mean, that's a this matter. Very different. I mean. Sixers and Celtics is a different ball. A wax Cardinals and Red Sox is just so what? You know what I mean? So what? Mm. You don't have to just because you've been drafted into Boston have to root for every single Boston team. You don't it have to do nice. that. It would be nice. If well, did. at any rate, so I'm sorry I left you off the Texas Shane. <laughs> That's, That's fine. But you being a Met fan would appreciate the sensibility of the New York sports, sports fans showing up full-throated. The sound, again... For me, I am biased growing up in New York City. There is a different sound when a New York sports crowd cheers in unison. Sounds similar in Boston. Sounds similar in Philadelphia. But when a New York... That's, I grew up, so I'm biased towards it. And I hadn't heard that sound in a very long time. And the Yankees and the Astros played last night with fans in the stands for the first time since Jose Altuve mm-hmm. yanked one off of Araldis Chapman. 
and, you know, walked around the base paths and ran around the base paths. Don't take off my jersey. Weird, weird, weird. <laughs> this is the only way to put it. Weird times three. It was weird. It was weird. Home plate celebration to go to the World Series. And this was the first time after all of the confirmation of, you know, all that went down in 2017 on top of all the conversations that went down in 2019 and so on and so forth. We were convened in Yankee Stadium last night. And it's still, you know, a less than crowd that's allowed in New York. But there are still fans in there. And they showed up and it sounded like 50,000 of them. Loud. And they were going nuts. And what they were chanting towards Altuve was not <laughs> mentionable on a show like this one. And, and it was loud. And Alex Bregman stepped up to the plate and drilled one into the bullpen. And you know he wears two because he's a Jeter guy. And you remember he was the run one who wrecked the buffet on Derek Jeter night by going yard multiple times. And he is just an, a competitor to the max. He drills one in the left center to keep the crowd quiet for a moment. Then the Yanks get out of the inning. Crowd goes crazy. Zach Greinke takes the bump. LeMayhew gets on base right up the middle, and my apologies to Giancarlo Stanton, who I called a Jesse Barfield with more zeros <laughs> the other not, day. You're not entirely wrong. <laughs> but he has been just red hot, and I'm telling you, what he is doing to the baseball requires a new special episode of Law & Order. That's what he's doing to the baseball right now, and he yoked one out into left field, and when the ball landed to give the Yankees a 2-1 lead in this atmosphere, I heard that New York crowd roar for the first time since the pandemic began. Probably for the first time since what? Because the 2019 Jets and Giants didn't finish up very strong. Probably for the first time since the Yankees won a playoff game against the Astros before don't take my jersey off happen. Uh, it was just awesome. Great to see playoff baseball atmosphere. I mean, we've seen some intense battles out here already between the Dodgers and the and the Padres. And I say this knowing that I'm on throughout the entire state of California and in Mexico and around the globe because of the mightier 1090 signal that we've been on since they turn the signal back on and we say hello to the Southern California fans, it's just it's just different. I'm from the New York area. I feel different. I just heard that's a different sound. It was great, man. Fans in the stands, and it was personal. Hadn't felt that way in a while for a sporting event. It was just great. And to see baseball in that respect, too, it was awesome. The first month, and now we're in the weekend to April, baseball have been incredible. Sean Payton, hour two, coming up. It has been it has it's been, been fun. It's, it's been, been, been yeah. fun. Really, it's, it's been, been really fun. fun. Again, those Dodger, um, those Dodger Padres Felt games like were playoff great. Games. Have the Cubs and Cardinals played yet? I don't know if they have. I know the Yankees and Red Sox haven't yet. Yeah, kind of shocking. Usually, there's an April. Series but there's no, there. there's no. I don't think the Yankees, even though you know, there's the Apple Watch, and then there's the accusations that have come back because the Yankees had Carlos Beltran in the office with Alex right. Cora winking in in yeah. some. 
some yeah, the, offhanded, not so offhanded remarks when they were in the London, London series in the summer of 2019. And yeah, the the rivalry isn't uh, as hot as it was in the mid. Well, it is. Situation. It's going to be hot again. It will be because it looks like because the Yankees are now above 500. And it's now, those are the, now the top two teams in the American League East. And we might settle in once the uh, the um, rivalry finally hits. I believe the first games are in June. Eesh. And so we're, we haven't tasted that yet. But Astros-Yankees? Well, I know the Angels fans were throwing trash cans on the field. Yeah, week one. Inflatable trash cans. Right? Fantastic. And we're not even talking about Mike Trout is hitting like 450 right now. It was funny. I, I watched because you know Otani leads the league in home runs. You know, I watched the yes, I watched the yes broadcast uh, a lot, obviously. Right. And they showed you know how hot Stanton has been, you know, and um, also like how exit velocity and Stanton's like top exit velocities in the last two three years. And Trout was on that list too. And I think it was either David Cohn or Paul O'Neill, who was great with K, says, Is it just me or is Mike Trout on every one of these like lists that, lists come out? Yeah. Yeah. that we talk about like best advanced metrics? Is list. he on every yeah, one yeah. of them? And K just deadpans, It's not you. Will we see him in October? Angels are above 500 right now, are they not? Right? They're playing great. Yeah. They're playing great. Otani, you know man. He's not. National League East. The NFC East and National League East are the same damn division. <laughs> Can somebody win above 500? Somebody, they're going to have their first under 500 champion of a division? I know it's early. My teams make it hard for me to enjoy oh, DeGrom's <laughs> also got a sore, sore side. Well, he, he knew the game was getting scratched yesterday, so he took an early shower. Wow. I'll, I'll include you on the next Texas change. No, that's fine. You can leave me <laughs> Sean Payton coming up. <laughs>